You know, the saddest part of all of this is that we are just never taught mindset. We're never taught any of this stuff. Hey folks, this is Mark Devine coming back at you with the Unbeatable Mind podcast. I'm here in sunny Encinitas, California after some raging storms the last 24 hours. Pretty awesome. We got more water here than we know what to do with for the first time in years. Um, hey, before I get started with this week's podcast where I've got a very, very cool guest named JJ Virgin, uh, I would like to just say that we recently held a our in, in kind of our in, introductory auction fundraiser for the Courage Foundation. Now, you may have missed it because we launched it on March 1st, and I think this podcast is launching probably after it. It's a 10-day thing, but you can go to Courage Foundation and see what we're up to, couragefoundation.net. And this is a new initiative. I just launched it last year. Uh, John Atwater is running it for me. He, uh, some of you know him as my former master brewer at the Cordado Brewing Company and then my ops officer at Sealfit. And um, he's done a great job kind of getting it off the ground. And what it is is a way to bring mental toughness and resiliency and, and hope, essentially, to populations of people who are suffering. So we're focusing initially on prison population as well as uh, PTSD vets who are suffering from depression and maybe suicidal, as well as uh, abused women. And so these are populations that we know through our connections and our partners that we can have an impact on. And we've already donated thousands of books into the prisons through our partner, the Prison Fellowship. So I'm very excited about this as a way to really kind of play a bigger game and, and really help people out doing what we know how to do exceptionally well, which is to forge mental toughness and resiliency and to, to give people a little bit more courage. So that's couragefoundation.net. Check it out. So JJ, thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to introduce you. JJ is a um, nutrition and fitness expert, uh, author of four New York Times bestsellers. That's four. That's incredible. The Virgin Diet, the Virgin Diet Cookbook, your Super Impact Diet, and the Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook. Um, and there's another book we're going to talk about in a second, but she, uh, through that lifestyle work, she hosts a show called the JJ Virgin Lifestyle Show and writes for the Huffington Post and Rodell, who I know very well, um, cause I've done some work with Rodell and, uh, she's got a memoir called the miracle mindset, a mother, her son and life's hardest lessons. I look forward to talking to you, JJ about that. So, um, welcome JJ, who's also a business coach and, uh, runs a, a big health entrepreneur event called the Mindshare summit. Uh, JJ, thanks for your time today. Super appreciate it. And, um, uh, appreciate all the work that you do. I just think it's so funny. We live five minutes from each other. I know. didn't know it. <laughs> I know. Usually we try to do these in person uh, when, you know, when we live so close, but um, we'll just have to hook up some other way. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've done a lot of writing on fitness, lifestyle, nutrition. Uh, I see a note here from Allison that you were in a reality TV show called Freaky Eaters. How did all this come about? <laughs> what is, who is JJ? Like, what were your formative you know, the drivers that, that kind of led you into being a fitness celebrity author type person. So are you saying you didn't see Freaky Eaters? And I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <missed that. laughs> I, could, I could, I should have watched it before this. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Right? Yes, it is. Cause I get random, very strange posts on my Facebook page. I bet you do, yeah. like, oh, there's one. Um, 
you know, I've been interested in fitness and nutrition literally since I was a little kid. Like I can't actually ever think of a time that I wasn't interested in it and wasn't like somehow studying it, teaching it. I started teaching calisthenics in high school. Oh, cool. I know. Calisthenics. So that kind of tells you. That was Um, before the aerobics or was that after the aerobics? That was pre-aerobics was calisthenics. It was pre-leg warmers, pre-all of that Jane Fonda stuff. Right. and then, and then I went off to teaching aerobics. I actually taught aerobics in Japan and I just have always been fascinated with like high performance, you know, what you could do exercise wise, nutrition wise, and frequenting the first health food stores. I grew up in Berkeley, so I was lucky nice. there, but then I had, so you connected those two very early you said early. early. Okay, yeah, right. I was really clear. I was a personal trainer paying my way through college and grad school and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it became super obvious fast that, if you weren't eating correctly, you weren't going to really get the results from a fitness program. So I was like, all right, I better start studying nutrition. And there was really hard to find good nutrition research back then. Everything was about low fat right. vegetarian diets, which I quickly saw were making all my clients worse, not better. Mm. You know, it's like you combine endurance training, 45 year old women and low fat, low high carb diets. And you have a mess on your hands. Yeah. That's a recipe for a heart attack, isn't it? Yes. It was just like, wow, this isn't working. But at the same time, I had one of my clients in personal training was this amazing female entrepreneur, multi self-made multimillionaire, like come from a little town in Kansas. And she said, well, why are you, why are you in grad school? Cause I was in my third grad school at the time. I was at university of Miami in sports med. And she said, I said, cause I want to be more successful. She goes, well, that's not actually, that doesn't really correlate. I mean, you could be going to school the rest of your life. And I'm like, really? <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> I know. Right. It a was lot a of sh- people have figured that no, out. But. It was a shocker. I, I didn't realize, you know, <laughs> I'm glad she told me, right. um, I'd still probably be in school going, gosh, why am I not more successful? <laughs> and she said, um, I'll, how about if I coach you? She's, she was a business coach. She says, how about if I coach you on business? I'm like, okay. Hmm. And here was what was crazy. So I actually moved into her house and was living there for six months and she was coaching me on what I thought would be business and how to how to sell, how to market, all that. Nope, not what she taught me. Hmm. She spent six months coaching me on mindset. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I was frustrated at first. I'm like, well, when am I gonna get to the real stuff? Right. Well, business <laughs> is all about mindset, isn't it? You know, just the life is courage. All about- yeah, exactly. Life. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, mindset. you're never gonna outgrow that. And so I was just like so fortunate because the the tools she gave me back then and the training just became me. And, you know, the saddest part of all of this is that we are just never taught mindset. We're never taught any of this stuff. It's this unknown, weird, airy fairy woo woo thing out there that no one talks about. And if you can't, you know, you don't know how to quantify it. You don't really know what to do with it and, or how to create this mental toughness. And the thing is, you can totally create it. You can totally learn it. But if you don't, it's like a muscle. And if you don't do that, guess what? <laughs> it atrophies, right? Right. So I completely agree. And you and I and, and a lot of others are, are filling that gap now. And podcasts are a great way to transmit that information. So thank you very much for your work there because you're right. Everybody needs to know mindset. It, it precedes pretty much success in any domain of work or, or knowledge, right? Yep. 
So what were some of the, like, the core lessons this mentor taught you? I mean, by the way, how cool is it that you stumbled into this mentor, you know, so early in life? I mean, that's a huge indicator of success or kind of breakout for most people, I, I tend to find. You know, if they had someone who kind of like woke them up and said, oh, you know, you're going down the wrong path. Let's, yeah. Let me help. Yeah. You. And at that age, I was so lucky. I just went to a little event in downtown San Diego. It was the premiere of Brian Tracy's new movie, Maximum Achievement. And I realized as I was listening to this movie that so much of what she taught me really is Brian Tracy-ism. Oh, no kidding. And yeah. one of the first things she taught me to do was manage my environment. And gosh, there's never a more important time for that than right now with all the crap going on out there that, you know, we really can choose what we focus on and what you focus on expands, obviously. So don't hang out with negative people, victim people, don't watch negative news, all of that. And I, I kind of became addicted way back when to Nightingale Conan tapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I put tapes in my Walkman. Okay, this is like totally dating me. But I would put tapes in my Walkman and I go rollerblading around <laughs> Fort Lauderdale and listen to all these tapes. And but it truly, I wasn't listening. I, ever since then, she made me wear these little uh, rubber bands around my wrist. It's going to sound crazy. But every time I said something negative, I snapped myself. Nice. And boy, I, I was a lot of snapping at first. And because you just don't realize if you are not actively um, focusing on positive, you will be surrounded by negative crap. And then you are negative crap. Right. <laughs> right. So it was really clear. And it got to the point where my mother's like, but you don't watch the news. How will you know what's going on? I go, if it's important, someone will tell me. Like right. this, most of this stuff, you turn on the news and you're like, there's a, you know, murder and a, you know, burglar. I'm like, I don't want to know any of this stuff. It's awful. So that was one of the big ones is to really manage your environment And another huge one was to focus on gratitude. It's something I do every single morning. Mm. Get that journal out and write and write at least three things I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Super important. Yep. And then get really clear on your goals. But from a from a point of possibility, Mm -hmm. you know, that she kept saying the only limitations are the limitations in your mind. And I remember two things she'd say, and I kind of guy kind of go, huh, really? Because there seems like there's be some limitations, you know, but and she would take us through an exercise to help us just get into a more a possibility thinking mindset. And then she'd say, there is no right or wrong. There just is. And that was like, I was like, of course there's right and wrong. <laughs> you know? It's all in the eyes of the beholder, right? Right. You know, and I'm right. You know, but. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by my friends at Ample Meal. Ample is a new entrant into the meal replacement market. So essentially, it's a healthy meal in a bottle. What I love about Ample is this is so much more than just a protein shake. It is a complete meal, including fiber, healthy fats, protein, and carbohydrates, all in a very convenient plastic bottle that you just shake it up, add water, shake it up, and then you drink it. And not only do you get hydrated, but you actually get a really well-crafted 400 or 600-calorie meal for busy professionals and athletes and warriors on the go. This thing is fantastic. I believe it's going to replace the MRE for the military because it's healthy. It's actually made out of very, very healthy, non-GMO, nothing artificial. You know, the fats are from like macadamia nuts and, you know, all sorts of good stuff in this thing. So, 
terrific, terrific uh, new option for those of us who train hard and are busy professionals and sometimes just literally have to grab something and go. So at least we're going to get a complete meal now with ample meal. And listeners can use the code UNBEATABLE. If you go to amplemeal.com and for any order over 50 bucks, you're going to get two bonus meals with your order. So go to amplemeal.com, use the code UNBEATABLE for the special two bonus meals. And trust me, I use this every day now. It's, it's become my go-to and I love it. So Ample Meal is awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you, Connor, uh, for creating this cool new food source. Hoo-yah out here. I mean, th- those principles obviously resonate a lot with me because they're things that we teach as part of our Unbeatable Mind training, almost to a T. And I think that's fantastic. And I think, Brian, you know, some of those early Nightingale Conate programs were just like perennial. I mean, Brian Tracy's work, and he's still going strong today, and Jim Rohn, and yeah. course, Napoleon Hill, and, and of course, Tony Robbins. I mean, there's like, and, and also, um, Oh man, who was the fellow who just passed away a couple of years ago? Who was the sales trainer? Zig Ziglar. Zig, yeah, Zig. I mean, I listened to Zig. <laughs> Zig yeah. was awesome. I used to love his stuff because he was so enthusiastic and so. Popular. Did you ever see him on stage? I did. I went to one of yeah. those crazy events that had yes, like a me too. Hundred thousand <laughs> Peter Bull event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it had yeah. Colin Powell and mm-hmm. and Zig. Zig was amazing. What a storyteller! Wow. Yeah. And like, where are those people now? My gosh, we, you know, I, know. I guess. Well, it's a whole, it's a new era. And so it's been disseminated and now it's coming back through podcasts, basically, I think. <laughs> you know, books and podcasts. It's hard to get people together like that at a mass level these days, I think. Unless, yep. you, unless you're Tony Robbins, because he's got. Get them online. Yeah, so you, yeah, get them online. But, you know, the point here to the listeners is that. Type and this is why podcasts are so important. And but those tapes are great. I mean, find them online and just play them over and over. And it's basically reprogramming the subconscious. And eventually, I remember one from Brian Tracy that I continue to use today. It's a mantra that is like the simplest thing. And I've mentioned this a few times. And it was when I was kind of in a dark period of my life before the SEALs, even before I went to New York. And I was just really kind of struggling with like existential questions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I listened to his tape and he said, you know, hey, you know, uh, and one way out of depression negativity is just to recite, I like myself thousands of mm-hmm. times, thousands of times a day. And I'm like, that's stupid. But I started, <laughs> I started doing it. You know what I mean? I felt really corny at first. And I think he also said, you know, say it in front of a mirror or say it out loud. I can't remember. And I, I was too He just did it in the movie. Honestly, in the movie, did he's he? like, I go, oh my gosh, now I had totally forgot that whole, I like myself. I like, I like myself. myself. I like, I like right. myself. It works. Trust me. It totally works. <laughs> I mean, because most people are like, God, I'm stupid. You hear people say it. I've got so much work for me. So she goes, stupid, gosh, I'm so right? stupid. I'm like, what? Cancel, cancel. Cancel, you know? cancel. Exactly. Right. I love that. I'm totally with you. So that is awesome. And so you bring that, you brought that into your your professional life, obviously your family. Let's talk about the miracle mindset, which is your, your memoir. Um, You know, give, tell us the story about that. Yeah. So this wasn't a book I thought I'd ever be writing. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So I have two boys and this book is about when they were 15 and 16 and I always said, you know, I can handle anything as long as my kids are okay. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks before my first big book, The Virgin Diet, was coming out, my 
older son, who was 16 at the time, was out walking and he got hit by a car. Mm. Wow. Hit and run. Hit and run. The woman actually got out of the car, looked at him, got back in her car and left. Good God. Um, crazy. I know, just crazy stuff. Like, what are you talking about? So anyway, she, she, he gets airlifted to the local hospital. We get there and find out that he has got a torn aorta. It's hanging on by an mm. onion skin. And the doctors say, like, it's going to rupture sometime in the next 24 hours. It has to be repaired. But we cannot repair it here because it's he has multiple brain bleeds. And we have to do it with the blood thinner. It's a real special surgery to do the type of surgery needed. And they couldn't do it there. And they mm. said, you know, he'll never survive another airlift. And even if he were to survive another airlift, you know, he's not going to survive the surgery. And even if he was able to survive both, he'd be so brain damaged it you know, probably wouldn't be worth it. And my son, who was 15 at the time, is sitting next to me listening to this doctor. And he looks at him and says, so so maybe like a 0.25% chance he'd make it. And the doctor says, that sounds about right. And he goes, well, we'll take those odds. Wow. <laughs> and this is, if you knew this kid, it's like, first of all, like 15 says this to the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, we just, and we get in motion over rule him. Then walks up to my son who is now lying on a gurney in a deep coma, bone sticking through his skin. He oh. has got road rash down his body, glass and gravel, you know, oh it, it is a tube sticking out of his brain. It is gruesome. I mean, it is gruesome. I'm on one side falling apart. My ex-husband's on the other side losing it. And Bryce, my 15-year-old, walks up to this and to my son and says, dude, dude, <laughs> dude you look really ugly right now. Wow. <laughs> you are so tough and stubborn. If anyone can make it, you can't. I'm like, who is this child? And then comes over, hugs me because I'm losing it. And, you know, it's just so comforting. And it's like, it's okay. Cause of course I'm going, Oh my God, I shouldn't have let him go out for a walk. You know, right. all that crap you say. And it just, you know, I still look and I go, gosh, it is just mind blowing who you are. Right. That is incredible. But incredible. So anyway, we airlifted him to that hospital. He survived the airlift. He survived the surgery that the surgeons there were total badasses. you know, five surgical teams working on him. And they're like, we got this. Wow. You don't even need to worry. You know, we no do way. this all um, we totally got this. I'm like, all right. If you say so, I'm where where you. was that team? Let's call them on. That's so cool. I love that. This was the team. Well, uh, I have a documentary time. I did about this, and I show this doctor. His name is Dr. Carlos Donaire. He was at Harbor UCLA at the time, and he was the guy. Check this out. This is the guy. I go. You need to teach every doctor how to behave this way. They call him at like midnight. They send a fax, and he finds out. The hospital calls him and says, "You know, this surgery needs to happen." He's one of the few people in the country that can do this surgery mm-hmm. without a blood thin. So he then recruits the orthopedic team, the neurosurge team, the critical care team, the ped critical care team. He recruits and his vascular team between midnight and two a.m. Then he knows he needs the stint. Well, the stint he wants to use was part of a study that's no longer happening. So he has to find the stint. Moreover, he's not supposed to put it in kids, but he says, you know, I figured I'd ask for forgiveness. Mm. Yeah, right. So, you know, it was just awesome. Wow. And so that's that's what happened. It was just incredible. He he survived that surgery. In fact, the doctor walked right up to me in the hospital. He goes, you don't need to worry. I totally got this. I do this all the time. I'm like... <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to go with that, you know. (laughs) So, you know, I got this all the time, blah, blah, blah. So, 
Anyway, he survives that. Then we go in to, to see Grant, and Grant is in a deep coma. The neurosurgeons say, we don't think he'll ever wake up. You know, the orthopedic surgeons are like, we don't think he'll ever walk, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, don't say anything around him. Mm-hmm. I'm holding his hand, and he's supposed to be in a deep, unresponsive coma. I said something to him. He said, I feel him squeezing my fingers. No way. Holy cow. And I looked at him. I go, Grant, you know? you've got this. I go, you do not need to worry here. We are all fighting for this. You're going to be better than before. I'm calling in everyone I know and we have got it. You just fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was, I just kept managing the conversation around him because the last thing he needs to ever hear is anyone saying anything. You're controlling the environment. Controlling the environment. Like I learned to do. And, you know, I mean, later he said, mom, the gray man came down and asked me if I wanted to live or die. And, you know, I didn't really want to live. I, he was like, I was over there with grandpa. It was really nice over there, but I kept hearing you talk no way. <laughs> like, wow. okay. So really important lesson. If you are around anyone in a coma or anyone, you know, they, Grant could tell when I was in the hospital, his blood pressure could, would come down. I mean, mm. he described, he described all sorts of things. He described where we were in the hospital during the surgery. He described mm. what we were wearing. He said, you know, he described different parts of the hospital. He goes, yeah, I just was checking everything out. Like what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, pretty pretty wild. Wow, that's stunning. And you you know, in that early period right there, you know, with the accident and the surgery, you literally saw the best and the worst of humanity in all one twenty four hour <laughs> block <laughs> of time, didn't you? Yes. What an incredibly I didn't even know what word to say. What an incredible experience, you know, at, at all levels, emotionally, mentally. Physically, I'm sure. It was, um, there were so many lessons just within 24 hours. It was amazing because, you know, I had kind of nightmares after the fact because he didn't have, he still had brain activity. And my ex-husband asked the doctor, one of the doctors, he said, well, you know, once we decided we were going to airlift him, he said, hey, what would you have done if it was your son? And he goes, oh, I'd airlift him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great. Well, you know. It's it's one of those things where you've got to stay open to possibility. Now, if he was brain dead, if there was no brain activity, that would have been a totally different story. But he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think about the people who would have listened to authority and said, well, the doctor says to do this. So that's what I better do, because it happens every day. Right. Right. And that is what's frightening to me is getting the message out that you've really got to stay open to possibility. Right. And it may, it may or may not have worked. I didn't know, but I had to try. Right. <laughs> I think that's a great rule of thumb because doctors are going to give you the, you know, the correct answer, you know, the one that's going to protect the hospital in them. But yeah, ask, they have asking them what it. they would do is, is a whole different decision. You know? Right. And, you know, when you really think about it, our brains strive to find the answer to something. So my biggest question going forward was, how do I get him to 110%? How do I get him to 110%? That was the question my brain's just, ever since the accident, that's the question I've been looking to solve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a severe traumatic brain injury, mm. suicidal, multiple times. We had to hospitalize him. We have gone through it. And one of the most important things that I told Grant throughout this, because he was like, I don't even know what my purpose is. Why am I here? I go, Grant, you're going to show people that not only can they come out of a brain injury, they can come out better than before. And that it isn't a matter of wait and see and your brain has its own time schedule. That makes me so crazy when I hear about that, Mm -hmm. because it isn't the case at all. Your brain can heal at any time. You can, you can, you have a brain injury from 10 years ago. You can heal it today. 
but you know, the sooner the better. And it's not a, ma- a matter of time. There's so many things that you can do to heal your brain. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he truly is better than he was before the accident. So describe, besides, I, I totally see how I mean, TBI is a, is a really challenging thing to recover from. So what were some of the things that you and he and, you know, your family did and, and, and you know, the therapist and whatnot to help him recover? And, and what, where is he at today? All right. So the first thing that we did was starting in the hospital, the second, like, basically, it was the first real night he was there. Um, I sent an email out, all my friends are docs and health experts. So I sent an email out and go, okay, what's, what's the latest? Who's got what? And we had people starting to show up. We started rubbing progesterone cream on him because we heard from one of the researchers that was one of the things they were doing to help reduce brain inflammation. Uh, we were doing essential oils because they can be healing. It's one of the first ways you can start doing something because he can smell and it right. comes you know, through. Then You're stimulating different areas of the brain and giving him yes. calming feelings. And that's yes. totally get that. Yes. Awesome. And then fish oil. Um, he'd been on fish oil before. And I think this is one of the key takeaways was we already had him on fish oil prior to the accident, which is one of the key things because it protects your brain. And, right. you know. You never know when you're going to have a brain injury. It's not like you plan for one, mm-hmm. right? So you do need to plan for one because we all hit our heads. It's, uh, you know, a, a traumatic brain injury doesn't necessarily mean you're in a coma. You can hit your head, and rattle your brain, you have a brain injury. So oh, yeah. as we I mean, talk, if, you're, right? if you're a kickboxer or martial artist in Navy SEAL firing a weapon, I mean, there's a million ways. And there's a million ways. Car accidents. Yeah, car accidents. You know, falls. And re- re- repetitive <laughs> microtrauma can lead to the same Yes. Or similar, I should say, symptoms, not probably the same as a, as a major trauma. Well, you know, it's just it'll you'll still end up with with brain injury and damage, which leads to depression, memory right. loss, anxiety. It throws off your whole hormone system. I mean, right. all sorts of stuff. So we had him on fish oil before getting that hospital, given the fish oil I want him to do. They were just not going to do it. I brought in the heavy huh. guns that had done the work on this with like the coal miner and and Bobby Gassemi, and they wouldn't listen. I had their research. I had them on the phone. Hmm. And so they would only do two grams. He needed at least 10. So as soon as he spit up, he hacked up his own feeding tube. And just to give you his personality, I said, listen, it was a Sunday, and he was pointing to it. And I go, you can't get it out till Monday. And he just hacked it up. <laughs> I'm like, or, or you can get it out now. Okay, um, there you go. But as soon as he hacked up his feeding tube I was like I'm like okay game on I had a Nutribullet in there I was making him smoothies I was upping his fish oil when I got his fish oil up he started talking in sentences no way uh, wow. yep well, that's totally the fuel for the brain right yes yes it is it's so critical and so we had fish oil I had high dose magnesium vitamin d I just I was hitting with amino acids really good protein I just I brought in all my own food for him Unbelievable. So in the hospital, that was all the things that we were doing. Once we got him out of the hospital, then I really went to town. I started hyperbaric. I did neurofeedback. Mm-hmm. And we're doing CBD, which is incredible. What's that, CBD? CBD is the inactive form from um, of marijuana. So it doesn't have the THC. It's not, it's not psychoactive, but it stabilizes your brain mm-hmm. and can also help with depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. inflammation. But you know, a lot of what you have with the brain injury is an unstable brain. Mm-hmm. And so it helps stabilize the brain. Then the killer thing that I've been doing, he's been doing a lot of gardening and 
Mm. What I realized doing that is he needed to get into the earth because there's this whole grounding force when you're into the earth. So he naturally started doing that. He built these Tesla coils. So he's doing this Tesla coil stimulation that he's put together and he's got pulsed electromagnetic field technology headbands he's wearing. And then (laughs) I got his stem cells harvested and grown and we have been injecting stem cells into his spine that goes straight to his brain. Wow. And it is it, this this will be this will be what turns around brain injury because it can actually I mean they're having people paralyzed people are walking again and that will create new gray matter with the stem cells it basically regenerates you know wherever you're injured so it goes to any part of healing like mm-hmm. I just had my knee and hip they're using it in heart disease they're using mm-hmm. it in cancer they're using it in brain injuries they're using it in, in um, any kind of paralysis they're using it in osteoarthritis. It's, it's still, you know, he's a, he's a lab rat. And I said, Hey honey, you're about to become a lab rat. <laughs> he goes, okay. I go, and cause, you know, they don't, they don't really know what's going to happen. And when he first started coming out of the coma, he was super violent. It was super scary. And when he got the, the, um, injections into his spine, the same thing happened again. And I looked and I went, this is awesome. It's scary. Yeah. Just lit up those regions he, again. Probably. Yeah. I go, stuff's waking up. Right. Stuff's connecting. And so that's what happened. It was pretty mind-blowing. Give, give me a timeline. I'm not 100% sure how recent we're talking or when this all happened. It happened four and a half years ago. Okay. So you're still coming. Oh, up. yeah. It's not like this I still will be. Well, because, you know, my big question is how do I get him to be 110%? Right. And I even come close to exhausting. You know, he kind of got annoyed with me because he comes home and I'm like, have him in 12 different things. And he didn't want to do any of it. He's like, stop it. You know, he was doing some really cool training, balance training, coordination training with an amazing mm. um, physical therapist trainer, ropes and all sorts of stuff. But he got a little like, mom, leave me alone. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, enough is enough. Yeah, so, enough. yeah, I can see, I mean, uh, I mean, fitness and movement. I mean, that's very, very stimulating to the brain. I mean, neuroplastic oh, yeah. effect is powerful. And I imagine Thanks. virtual reality is probably something you're looking at or. No, we haven't really done much of that. We actually got him some of that. We got him some a virtual reality, um, you know, goggle thing for yeah. Christmas, but he just didn't it's get a into that. Too early for that stuff. So he just wasn't into that. So he's been very into, you know, neurofeedback's been amazing for sure. him. Right. And meditation, super. This is not a person who would have meditated prior to this at all. Mm-hmm. Very into meditation and Good. a lot of um, a lot of studying. So right. a lot. A lot of research like he created this whole hydroponics my my backyard in my house in the desert is a it, that house i just went you know what it just doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> it's destroyed it is a destroyed so <laughs> i just had had to let it go <laughs> this podcast episode is brought to you by organifi now we all know that green juice is good for us but juicing is a pain it costs a fortune and it's super time-consuming. At least that's my story. Uh, I don't juice. So that's why I opt for Organifi Green Juice as an alternative because it's super easy, super tasty. It's an organic superfood green juice powder. Just add it to your water and stir it up. It dissolves almost immediately. Drink it, and it will help sustain your energy throughout the day. It'll reduce stress over time. And best part is it really tastes good. So check it out. To get your micronutrients from a superfood green juice, use Organifi. I think stuff is great. Go to Organifi.com, and these guys are super generous. I know the founder, and they have offered a 20% discount to you on your order. 
So go to Organifi.com, use the code UNBEATABLE at checkout and get 20% off your order. And uh, that link is also listed below in the show notes of this episode. Organifi.com. Hoo-yah. So how, how old is Grant now? He's 20. He's 20? Good. And is there a college in his future? Or where, where are we at in terms of what's he... What uh, I, I, I can't see what, so I'm, it's very interesting to me, college. Um, I've got one son who's a double major engineering and math and, and he really, he wants to be either professor or an engineer. So college is obviously in grad school and all that's important for him. But you know, the average person, if they don't want to be an engineer, an accountant, a doctor or a lawyer, I'm not really sure why they're going to school. Yeah. Unless uh, it's about entrepreneurship. You know, I mean, but like the best entrepreneurship is to go build businesses and be yeah. and turn in someone else's business. Like, you know, I didn't learn one thing I've, I've built, um, gosh, probably nine businesses now. And I certainly didn't learn one thing in school about them. Yeah. I kind of agree. I, I didn't either. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I met a guy just a couple of weeks ago who, who <laughs> this is hilarious. He, um, he convinced his daughter to drop out of college. I mean, you don't hear that very often, but, <laughs> and he said, I'll, I'll take the money that we were spending in college and help you start a business. And so she's starting a little cooking show business. How cool is that? But that's that, I cool. think you're right on. That's it just of... depends what you want to do. You know, if you want to be a doctor, which gosh, I, right. I don't know why I want to be a doctor nowadays with what they're doing to the medical system. Maybe it'll fix, right. but, um, you know, if you want to do something where you're, it's required, but gosh, I look at all the places that I, I am massively into ongoing education mm-hmm, and have been ever since, you know, I, the day after I graduated from UCLA, I started in grad school, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I am not learning the things that are helping my business in college or grad school. It's, right. you know, right. at all, because it takes too long to get into the curriculum. Right. So you're obviously highly evolved and take care of yourself extremely well and are constantly growing and learning. And I think, you know, folks listening would be kind of curious. Um, so what, what do you do? Like what are your daily practices and routines around fitness, nutrition, spirituality, that type of thing? So every morning I get up and I have, first thing I do is grab my journal and I write down what I'm grateful for. I literally do this every day. It's what I did in the hospital when I was scared to death and it's Mm. helpful because you can't be grateful and scared at the same time. So Mm. like once you shift your brain over to gratitude kind of shoves, shoves fear to the side. So Mm. I stayed, stayed in gratitude. Um, and then I always have my day set up like the night before I make sure I've reviewed my schedule and what I'm going to really get done that day. Mm -hmm. The morning time, I, I, morning time I drink, uh, I drink a shake every single morning. I have a protein made from concentrated bone broth, um, protein that is one of my shakes that I produce. So I have shake every morning and that's my real writing thinking time. So I always take a couple my, if it's great, I have like three to four hours. That's more on the weekends, but usually at least one hour in the morning. That's my thinking, you know, working time before I dive into all my stuff. And then I batch my stuff throughout the day so that interviews are all lined up at one thing, meetings are lined up on another, business coaching on another. And then I usually will throw the gym in sometime in the middle of the day. That's my favorite. It's my old trainer habits to mm-hmm. go to the gym, like in the dead times. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like you'll never catch me at the gym at five in the afternoon ever. No. no. Ick. You know. Right. Unless it's Friday night when no one's there. Right. 
So, and what, and how do you train? Do, do you do any, you know, are you doing interval training, endurance training, strength training, all the above? I don't do any endurance training. Um, I stopped doing it years ago. I only do high intensity interval training. Mm-hmm. So I do burst training and then I do resistance training. I do a lot of resistance training, burst mm-hmm. training. I would love to say that I do yoga mm-hmm. flexibility. I, I just hate it. I need to do it. Every year I'm like, I'm going to do it. I never do it. You know, I want to do it. I don't do it. I'm going to send you, I'm going to make sure I'm going to ask Allison. I want to send you, or when I see you in person, um, my book, Kokoro Yoga, because it'll change how you think about yoga. And the whole point of it is to bring it back to be a personal practice and to break it down into drills. So for me, yoga is, you know, five minutes of breathing before my workout and then 15 minutes of, you know, a, a, yoga stretch routine, depending upon what I did. So if it, it might be hip centric or shoulder centric. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. See, that's so you that's built, the you kind of thing. Book, it's book the hour workout. class that kills me. Like going to an hour class yeah. and I just, I just can't, I can't that's take, not, I'm like, I just want 10, 15 minutes of this stuff, people. Massive. I actually created my little yoga flow program to put into my programs, but I don't do it because yeah. <laughs> there you have it anyway. Yeah, and then every sure. night I work with my, my fiance and I go over like, what were the little, the little wins of the day? It's kind of the reverse of the morning gratitude. And it's just to really focus. I have a habit of not being present, mm-hmm. which I've very much worked on. So focusing on what went well today and the little wins helps knock you back into the present instead of being like, you know, 10 years out and some big goal, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. And sleep. You sleep. Oh, I'm a massive sleeper. Here's the funny thing. My fiance, when I met him was like a five to six hour night sleeper. I'm like, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he now is, he's like me, he's now an eight to nine hour sleeper. It's, it's so funny to see. So I'm an eight plus hour sleeper. I'm big on sleep. It's hugely important. I did it when I was in the hospital in the hospital. One of the key things that I did was I found a gym close by. I was burst training on the hospital stairs I was making sure I was dialed my eating in perfectly mm-hmm. and I was getting my sleep because I knew I could not function at the level I needed to function unless I was totally dialed on all that right. stuff. Oh, I totally agree with that. So a big part of our philosophy is you got to take care of yourself if you're going to serve others. So you just described that very well. I mean, if you hadn't been taking care of yourself, then you wouldn't have been on your game to be able to protect the space and to feed your son both, you know, both the food right. and, and the mental training that you did or the mental stimulus. But so many people, especially women, women are the worst at this with just putting themselves last right. and, you know, it's just, ugh. Right. No, it's very unhealthy to do that, obviously. And, and, it, and it doesn't damage just you, but it damages your whole system. Yeah. Well, I think they feel like it's selfish to do that, but it's not. It's actually very selfless. Like if you want to raise healthy kids, if you, you know, you've got to take care of yourself. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Tremendous. Uh, so good luck with Grant. I would love to meet him someday if there's anything that, that we can do in Unbeatable Mind to kind of help out. Or I'd love to maybe give him a copy of my book, which is all about, you know, developing purpose and, you know, resiliency. So that'd be cool. Awesome. I'll, I'll send that you a copy of that would be fantastic. Killer. Yeah, Yay. absolutely. So what's on the horizon for you? What, you know, are you working on now? What's, what cool things are coming up? And, and also finally, how, how can people really connect with, you know, the coolest things that you're doing so that, you know, they can help you out and vice versa? Uh, let's see, what am I working on? Like we're just launching this whole um, mindset book movie academy the movie is going to go on public television nice. um i do everything i really live a lot of stuff out on my facebook 
page. We do, I do Facebook lives pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. So that is where I spend a lot of my time. And then I run a big group of health entrepreneurs. And so that's my other, my other business is really helping, helping health entrepreneurs get their message out to the world. Is that the March 11 event that you mentioned to me? That, well, that's a little meetup for all of us. That's a meetup. Okay. Yes. So having a bunch of people over to the house. Cool. Okay. So the, yeah, and your Facebook is just, just your name. Just go to JJ Virgin. On, on JJ that. Virgin official. Official. Oh, cause there's a fan page and there's. <laughs> yeah. There's the, there's the things. other one that they keep pinging me. And I'm like, I don't, I never go to my personal page ever. Yeah, right. I got it. I yeah. have the same issue going on. Awesome, JJ. So thanks so much for your time. Amazing. I can't wait to meet you in person and I'll have Allison send those books over. Or like I said, if I can make that a March 11 thing, I will bring them in person and um, keep doing what you're doing. Fantastic. Thank wow. you. I so appreciate it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Look folks. forward to meeting you. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks again. I appreciate it. And um, you have a great day. Everybody out there listening, go check out JJ Virgin. And I, I can't wait to read this book, The Miracle Mindset mother, her son, and life's hardest lessons. That sounds like an incredible story, and it's obviously still a few chapters to be written, and we'll send uh, Grant some healing energy. Sounds like an amazing guy. I can't wait to meet Grant. And when it comes to you, uh, my dear friends, unbeatable mind peeps and seal fit peeps, train hard every day. Consistency is king. Stay focused declutter your environment and control your environment. Don't let the crap in. <clears throat> There's lots of it out there. It's all just vying for your attention. Stay focused on your one thing and feed the courage wolf. And we'll see you next time. Hoo-yah. Coach mine out. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly, but when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia, designed by my friends at the Neurohacker Collective, for several months now, and it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect, which would make me feel agitated like caffeine or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com, that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R, that's UNBEATABLEMIND15R, to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one, you won't be disappointed with Qualia. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.